favorite part of her videos that she sent. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Hey, Jade. How are you? I see. Good. How are you, Weezy? Good. How dare you guys speak to me? I know. I. That's why I didn't acknowledge you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Steve, how was flying yesterday? I ate dirt. I saw a chocolate cake on the ground when I was taken off, and I decided that was more important. Yeah. <laughs> But you said you did more than three attempts, right? Yeah, the wind was nil. The streamers were completely lamp. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was like, oh, it's nil. This is going to be tough. He's like, hey, I trim all the way in on my glider, but he flies a universal. I fly a solo, so they're different. And I always launch neutral regardless if it's dead or not, because yep. that way you can get the wing over overhead much quicker and uh, – get on to power but i didn't do that and it kept dogging behind me i was dropping my a's too soon sometimes even touch and break and then i finally fixed my trims but you really shouldn't attempt it on a hot day and no wind after right. more than like three attempts and so by attempt six when i had things going and i was going full throttle i was too tired my legs were giving out and i aborted and slid and just ate dirt but Nothing was broken, no lines, props fine, I'm fine, bruised. It was fun. I liked it. Right. Well, glad you didn't get hurt. And Dweez, are you nope. drying up down there? We're drying up, but don't ask me about flying. I'm not. <laughs> Today <laughs> we're must dry, be we're drying day. up though. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting better. <laughs> okay. Hey, so we got a special co-host that's wanting to join in with us tonight. And let's see who it is. Anybody have an idea who it might be? I know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, cat. Hey, I like her. She's got bandanas, too. Yeah. I think it's a yeah. flamingo, yeah. too. <laughs> so how are you? What are you? Where are you? What are you doing? I'm in Jade's house. <laughs> and I'm outside. <laughs> So you've been here about a week, just about. A couple days, yeah. I'm sad. She's heading out tomorrow. So 
can't. You got a rifle through her stuff. <laughs> she got knickknacks, patty wax, and the world's biggest piece of elbow macaroni. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we've been doing a lot of shopping <laughs> and some cooking. So, yeah, yeah but cooking. a lot of shopping. Yeah. But no flying. No, because no, it's been <laughs> since they've gotten here, it's been w breezy and uh, kind of rainy. Today. And actually, right now, the lake is like like glass. Yeah. Eric's down at the airport right now, um, and he might do a flyby um, in an airplane. So that'll be kind of cool. He got uh, an airplane? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> he's working on his private pilot license. Why? He flies paramotors. Why would you want a pilot's license? I don't know. It's like he just keeps wanting to learn more and more and more and more. His brain just doesn't shut off. Has he tried drugs and alcohol? Because I can hook him up. No. Jack can probably hook him up too. Or Right. Uh, yeah. I see why you buy at Costco. Your husband takes pictures. I see all the pictures. <laughs> all right. Enough of this nonsense with you guys. Let's introduce our, our guest tonight. She is a paraglider, and she is pretty awesome. We were talking to her in the show, little pre-show, and she's sitting home by herself because her significant other is out flying right now, and I really felt bad. So, Bree. <laughs> Get your butt in here. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm really sorry that you're stuck with us tonight while we could uh, have you out flying. I think Deweese could be flying, Steve could be flying, and Kat and I could probably be flying too. It's all about balance, you know. I just looked at the readings though for the point of the mountain here, and it's a little light, so I'm not mi I'm not missing out on much. Okay. <laughs> so where are you originally from and where are you right now i grew up in i'm a hybrid oregon washington kid i grew up in portland oregon and then we hopped the border over to vancouver washington and i am now in salt lake city utah wow yeah. so we were talking earlier and about three weeks ago we were in Washington State, and we were probably 20 minutes from you because you were in Bellingham. Yeah. And we yep. were just a little Large north of here. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. It's a lovely area. It was nice. Well, a little rainy. A little rainy. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a beautiful area, though. We talked about maybe making that uh, get away from Wisconsin and move out to the West Coast area. So. You know what they say, West Coast, Best Coast. So good area. <laughs> we say that all the time on the West Coast. I'm sure all my East Coasters that are watching are going to deny that. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you for joining everybody that's in the chat. Um, Aaron and I, hey, we got Aaron and I coming up, um, I believe in... September 28th. He just uh, signed with us. Um, Linda Paramom is on. John Wayne. Wait, what Kelby are you talking Cox. about? We just, never mind. Um, <laughs> Copay Jason. We're going to have a talk later. You just um, never mind. <laughs> you just never mind. 
East Coast sucks. <laughs> Samantha, Samantha said East Coast sucks. <laughs> see, Randy's in here. So come on, guys. You guys say hi in the, the chat here. Samantha, she's in here. East Coast sucks. What? <laughs> All right. Karen. So, Karen. Oh, yeah. Karen and probably Steve are in here. Hey, guys. Um, so what were, <coughs> oh, we got Jason Renaud too. He's shrugging his shoulders. Got yeah. to acknowledge him. Oh, I thought mm -hmm. I said copay. Copay J. Yeah. You got to call him by his real name. You got to acknowledge him as a person. Oh <laughs> yeah. Cause he might hit you with some wrenches and, and get upset. So anyway, um, where have you been flying? I'll start with the first question. Uh, primarily Point of the Mountain, Utah. That is the, uh, it gets hot here. It's, it is hot. So we do a lot of hike and flies and we do those in the morning. But when it hits a hundred plus degrees every evening, you don't want to be hiking your butt up a couple thousand vertical feet. So most of the summer is spent at the Point of the Mountain. And then we'll spend our mornings hiking up and flying down. Is that, is that close to Salt Lake City? Yeah, yeah. So it's like Salt Lake City, and then Draper is about half hour south of actual Salt Lake. So the point of the mountain is located about thirty minutes south of Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anybody get any questions for Bree? How long have you been flying? I started a year and a half ago, almost over a year and a half ago now. Okay. So, next question: Why? <laughs> My introduction to flying began my first summer out in Utah was in 2019. And I was living in my car working wilderness therapy because in wilderness therapy you work eight days on and you get six days off. And What's at the time, therapy? wilderness therapy is I work with a moose. Yeah. <laughs> no, so we uh, took boys. I specifically worked with teenage boys ages 13 to 17 out into the wilderness as an intervention treatment plan. So we would teach them things along the lines of emotional regulation and things along their emotions and just general self-control and stuff like that. So okay. they would spend a couple months out in the desert or the mountains, depending on the season, and we'd live with them and, yeah, camp, cook, hike talk, hang out. Um, but it was an intervention from parents that were not stoked on the discipline of their kids. <laughs> but I started flying because back in 2019, you could sleep at the point of mountain for free overnight and free campsite. I had to be in Salt Lake to do whatever I was doing and slept there, woke up the next morning and everyone was out flying. And I was like, holy what is what is going on here and so that was kind of the introduction to my to my flying and then finally moved out here full time and i was like okay it's time to get into this this is intriguing i that's how i started okay so are you into acro maybe someday i am a big fan of a slow progression and thoroughly believe in the 
sentence that a base jumper that has 10,000 jumps in 10 years is more knowledgeable than someone that has 10,000 jumps in two years. So at some point, I would love to get into acro and different maneuvers and things along those lines, but I am not in a rush to get there. <laughs> Good for you. Seems like you like your wingovers, though. I love my wingovers. <laughs> those are thrilling. <laughs> Uh, so do you fly with the reserve? Do, do, uh, do most PG pilots fly with the reserve? All big wings primarily fly with the reserve. It is rare for a big wing pilot to not fly with the reserve. Um, once you start getting into your smaller wings and you're downsizing the mini wings and speed wings, a lot of those pilots aren't flying with the reserve. Um, but most big wing pilots always have a reserve on them. When you say big wing, what size... Uh, are you referring to full paraglider so 22 plus typically depending on your weight range 22 okay. meter okay yeah mm -hmm. <clears throat> all right so samantha's asking how did you pick your instructor there's a lot of schools and instructors out by you yes there is a ton <laughs> um i had fortunately met someone who had already been flying and learned out in utah and got the recommendation through that way. And I think the best way to figure out which school or instructor you want to go through is by knowing who's out here and word of mouth and asking around because each instructor has a totally different teaching style um, and totally different approach too. But I kind of took the recommendation of my friend and what they had done and was like, okay, went with it. And Felt like I made a good choice. Did my own research with the website, but primarily talked to some people. Okay. Um, I know your um, your uh, significant other flies, but do any other uh, other immediate family do they fly? Uh, nope, not that I know of. Nope. <laughs> my dad has his, uh, or he used to have his private pilot. He's it's long. It's been a long time since he flew a plane, but other than that. I think that's it. What's, what's been your longest flight? Over an hour. I think my longest flight was in Colombia around an hour and a half. Not wow. incredibly long. Most long flights for Utah pilots, you're looking around nine hours on a good day, if not more. So, wow. Some, some people are up there for a very long time. Wow. <laughs> I get bored personally. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you got to bring your Nintendo Switch. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's why you got to go tandem so you got someone to talk to you the whole time. <laughs> hey, goose lady. I know. I was waiting to get pooped on. Was that the pterodactyl you were talking about earlier? What, do we? So, I said, is that that pterodactyl you were talking about earlier? No, those were geese. Um, the pterodactyls are out that way. <laughs> so... Copay J has an interesting question, and I'm going to make an assumption as soon as I read this, but he says, do you run into people that are self-trained? And my assumption is not a whole lot because you do have to have P ratings to use certain LZs. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to answer his question and tell me if I'm wrong or right? There are definitely people that are self-trained in Utah. Um, Legally speaking, you don't have to have a P2 unless you are flying an Ushba regulated site. And there are a lot of sites in Utah that are not Ushba regulated. I think in the Salt Lake area, the point of the mountain is the only one. I might be wrong on that. I don't remember exactly. But 
Uh, and then, but statistically, the people that are self-trained get into accidents much quicker and if not fatalities is what we've also seen. So it's not recommended, but we do run into them and typically they're the base jumpers or the, the skydivers, no disrespect, you do cool sports, but typically those guys come on over and think they're under a similar wing and it's just a different sport from, from that. And that's where the accidents happen. So they're out there, but it's not recommended. <laughs> Oops, sorry. My bad. Somebody can go with that one. Um, Samantha says, uh, how do you feel about your progression? You live in a world-class training site. Any favorite Utah launch sites? What's your max altitude? And are you flying midday of uh, Thermix? That's all um, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my progression is much slower than the average pilot in Utah typically takes. Um, and I have found that to be incredibly beneficial. I think over time, even though you're not flying as small wings, when you get there, you're going to be a much more comprehensive pilot. Um, and so I have taken a much more slower approach than most people have. Um, and sometimes I feel like it might be a little <laughs> too slow, but if you're not, there are a lot of people that also aren't current in Utah and taking a faster approach to the progression isn't particularly good if they're not flying all the time and it also depends on the sites too but for me and myself i have felt really good about my progression and and now starting to look into stepping down in wing sizes which is exciting that i'm feeling like i'm there feeling good about it and we'll see what happens feeling like it's time and so when you know you know <laughs> But yeah, it is a world-class training area. People come all around the world here to fly the point of the mountain. And it's insane the amount of people that are flying the point on a given night. I would suspect tonight there's probably going to be around, if it's a good night, 50 to plus gliders in the air. And it's not. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. crazy. I thought I had a great spot with my crew because I fly with like eight or 10, which is unheard of. Yeah. But 50? That's a lot. That's a flare. There was a night last summer where we counted how many gliders were in the air and how many people were kiting wings, and we stopped at 100. <laughs> yeah, but were people flying multiple gliders, you know, doing bi wing? <laughs> yeah. Were they cheating? Yeah, I know. Little cheaters, but yeah, it's it's crowded. Uh, we have a lot of ridge rules that aren't always followed, but it is it is crowded. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Drives a lot of anxiety, in my opinion, when you're flying with that many other gliders in there. Mm -hmm. so I'm like trying to find the picture of one of. One of the pictures in your intro had, I think, a lot of the gliders. Yeah. And that was down in Monroe, Utah, um, just about two and a half hours south of here. Um, pretty small community there. And that was a ladies fly-in. And there were still quite a few gliders in the air when we were all ridge soaring, <laughs> waiting for the day to turn on. Which fly-in was it? Uh, it's just called the ladies fly-in in Monroe. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty, it's not widely advertised. It's mostly Utah and Colorado free, free flight pilots that go down every Labor Day weekend. 
Here, there are a lot of women. Off my place. iPad. Oh gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you find that there are a lot of women in the sport? Salt Lake actually does have quite a few women in the sport, and from traveling and going to other clients, uh, have found that that is not the case anywhere else. And so we kind of have a skewed number here. Um, in Salt Lake, we actually do have a really good size of female pilots. We're probably sitting 40 or 50, which is a lot for an area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Girls have to stick together. Yeah, we have we have our ladies only chats and try and go out and hike and fly together. It's a lot of fun when all the girls get to go. So Mm -hmm. I just want to stop for one second and I want to say hi to Bonnie. And I think Bonnie is the one that introduced me to you to get you on the show. Yes. And you two haven't met personally, correct? Uh, I met Bonnie a year ago in San Francisco. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll put that. I'll put that question back up in a second. I want to say hi to Justin and maybe Wendy that are watching in Pennsylvania. See you in a couple days. <laughs> We're going out to Pennsylvania to be with Justin and Wendy Weaver for the weekend. All right. So question here, Samantha, Steve, you want to take it? Bless you. Sorry. Or Kat. Kat or Steve, do you want to take this question? Any thoughts on some recent accidents at this point? A few close calls lately. Anything other pilots should hear to help prevent some of the near misses? So with that many people, have you had any like near misses? I saw Brad Roper had one the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, we're unfortunately hitting a point where maybe every week EMS services are called, if not every other week. So there are uh, quite a few accidents that happen um we had one fatality last um year and it wasn't due to a collision or anything like that it was pilot air but um uh, nothing incredibly super serious has happened this year so far so (laughs) we tend to see most of our accidents in the fall so fingers crossed but um uh, there's definitely more close calls than there are accidents um uh, I think the most important thing for pilots to hear when there's that many people flying, if you're new to the site seeking out a site intro, a lot of pilots that have never flown the point will come see all the gliders in the air and just go for it because everyone else is flying. And while that logically makes some sense, there are some things to be aware of at the point that you just don't want to mess with. Um, And a lot of people don't have to actively practice bridge rules and you have to when there's that many gliders in the air and so just making sure you have those dialed Um, but you always have your head on a swivel when you're at the point Um, and also don't be afraid to talk to people that are also up there with you if someone's getting too close give them a head nod yell at them smile wave (laughs) like having that communication when there's that many people just helps with your own personal anxiety and also just makes you seen and so (laughs) question with that we fly with motors so we got earmuffs on how far away can you actually hear somebody giving you some nasty words when you're (laughs) when you're paragliding um you don't have to be that far some people listen to music um but it's the general like 
unspoken rule at that point is if you're listening to music, you have it on your phone and you're not wearing earbuds. Not everyone does that, but that's the kind of unspoken rule. Um, but you can hear someone like, I'm not good at my perspectives, yeah. but I would say around a hundred feet, you can hear someone and you can see everyone's body language and movement. So even if you're just like, give someone a wave, you can see that from pretty far away too. So, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you need an air horn. (laughs) (laughs) We've made jokes about that because my my partner and I will fly. He has his tandem certification. And so we go together quite often. And we've made jokes about having like police lights or someone's doing something that's not a part of the correct rule book. And we'll be like, oh, we're just going to go up and start flashing police lights at people. Be like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have no problem because I'm pretty gassy. So it's just a fog horn. And it's like, Steve's coming. Uh, Get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Any interest in ever doing powered paragliding? I don't know. I've thought about it, but honestly, the idea of having a big, huge motor that's metal on my back scares me. <laughs> it's like so, bike. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. But I don't know of many trike paramotor pilots in the Salt Lake area. I think everyone is just with their paramotor. Um, but that that scares me. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe someday I'll want to try it, but skydiving will probably be my next. Well, if any of us get out there, we'll have to take you up. That would be fun. (laughs) Yeah. We have a spot for it. So (laughs) sounds like just not in the 50. (laughs) No, you go you go somewhere else. (laughs) So I want to welcome uh Charlie Walsh. to the show tonight. Thank you for joining us, Charlie. And Cope has got a question. Do you always have to hike if you want to fly? No. Uh, (laughs) We have a number of drive-up sites. The point is completely drive-up. You actually top land where your car is parked, so there's no need to shuttle cars. But we also have other sites like the V and a higher site called Jupiter and Inspo, and those are all drive-up sites too. You just have to go retrieve your car afterwards on those ones. But Okay. Yeah, we do a lot of, uh, for smaller wings, we'll do all hiking primarily, and you can hike up um, at the point of the mountain to use smaller wings, but primarily hiking for the smaller wings. Are you able to top land often, personally? Uh, Depends on the site. Uh, At the point of the mountain, yes, pretty easily. Just get to a point where you've done it so much that it's like second nature, but it definitely (laughs) depends on the time of day for other sites. Um, and top landing. People will top land the V, which is a thermal site here, but they um, depend if it's too if it's too thermic, they won't top land. But it's possible. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Samantha wants to know what's your um, favorite part about paragliding. I like the flow state that it gives me, and just the like. One of my friends described it really well: the sensation of floating. Um, and just floating while you're flying. I think that is my favorite part about paragliding. And I also think it combines like being outside, which I absolutely love. And I don't have to hike down because I have knee problems. (laughs) I know I'm young, but I have knee problems. And so that also combines um, that aspect as well. And the community is phenomenal. It's just, you don't find something like this in every other outdoor community. So that is another all-time favorite part for sure. 
you know, that's one thing I, I got to say this, the, the paragliding and the para, uh, the power paragliding community, they're like a, a special group of people. Mm-hmm. They're just all like family. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just, they just all kind of stick together. Yeah. It's because we're addicts. Everyone just gets it. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Benita wants to know what's your all-time favorite flight? Mm, probably I got to go to Columbia this January to fly, and that's when I started connecting the dots on how to thermal fly. Um, and I think that particular flight of just being able to go into the clouds and then pop out of the clouds and what, all the like dots connected together of how you fly thermals just clicked for me. Um, and also the first time I did wingovers, like you saw in the video, that was that's also up there too. <laughs> well, speaking of those, I got a two-part question. The mm-hmm. first one is like, when did you start doing them? And the second part is like, so... You know, I, I fly a paramotor, so I'm more heavily loaded. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm on a, a relatively benign wing. So for me to make it do some heavy stuff takes a lot of work and perfect timing because that thing wants to keep me safe. Yeah. But I always hear in paragliders, because you're so much lightly loaded, that brake pressure is so important. So even when you're going on, it's almost like two-part motions where it's like brake and then seconds yeah. so you don't collapse. Can you speak of like when you got into that and some of those aspects, which I don't have, I'm working into those into an extremely baby step in a beginner yeah. mode. So I'm personally curious. Yeah. So my first ones were in Columbia and on my Columbia tour, I was with my instructor who taught me how to paraglide as well. And so he took me on a tandem to show me how it was done before I ever did them solo. So I got to sit and feel the brake pressure that he was doing and some some pretty big wing overs. They were very fun. But then I got to go and do them on my own after that. And I was on radio the whole time. But the brake pressure, you're taught so much to not stall your wing. You don't put your hands lower than a certain point. You don't want to stall the wing. You just your hand never goes to your butt. Like that is the golden rule. And wing overs, when I first sit, your like brake pressures might be past your butt, depending on the wing you're on. And so that was an interesting concept to have to put into my flying because for the past year, I had just nailed it into my brain that you don't do that. That is not like never put your hands down there. So that was the biggest shift because there is a lot of brake pressure especially on those my hands are down there right now i'm just saying yeah you might maybe you might need to take a wrap or two (laughs) yeah but i also uh would take a wrap on some of them just knowing wow mm -hmm, had to because i started them on the skywalk mescal which is a it's a tank we jokingly called it el tanque because it is just it wants to keep you safe and it is as heavy and as big as it gets. And uh, my first swing overs were on that. And so being able to do it on that, you had to you had to put a little muscle on it, which is a lot of muscle for little old me. <laughs> wow. Do you have any upcoming trips planned? Um, nothing booked. Uh, I would like to, a perfect world go to uh, Europe and do some speed riding this winter 
Um, I almost booked Turkey this fall, but I ended up not doing it. Um, so we'll see. Nothing is booked, but we'll hit some local. I'll be in Monroe this weekend, which is a trip, and maybe go out to San Francisco again. This We're also talking about Monterey as a friend group, so I don't know. Nothing booked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Samantha also wants to know, how do you decide who to travel and fly with? Um, so for that traveling, for Columbia in particular, I guess I'll talk to, I knew I wanted to go with someone that had been just so I could focus on flying and enjoying flying and the progression and not having to figure out a retrieve or where to go for lunch or what any of it caught or did and speaking Spanish. And so I went through with my instructor because he was going and I had a great instructor. So that was how I made that decision. Um, but there are a lot of tours out there. And I think the best way to find which one you want to go on is talking to other people that have been on tours with that instructor and finding out what the terrain is like and stuff like that. So Kope has got a question and interested in paragliding do you see people fly with a ppg wing like i have a dudek universal that's rated for both i don't know of anyone in the salt lake area that's flying with a powered wing and then also using it for free fight i can't think of anyone that i know we also have a very small amount of powered pilots so I could be wrong. I may know one person that has done it on both, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm not too sure. Just because we typically don't seek them out as paramotor people, but can you speak to like how you find lift and what that feels like? Uh, so lift, the best way to like describe it and look at it is kind of like a column and the column has two different circles, a smaller circle or maybe three might be a better one, a smaller circle, a larger circle, and then the biggest circle. And so when you hit that biggest circle, you'll feel the bump and the wing will typically pitch back and then forward. And that's how you kind of know you've entered the thermal. And then you'll feel that rising air and then you hit the core of the thermal, which is the most rising air that exists within the thermal and you want to hit the core if it's a perfect thermal you'll find the core and you'll be able to circle in it and that'll just lift you up and up and up um so if you go deep in the core it almost feels like you're spiraling the wing but you're going up the whole time because you're turning that tightly um but you kind of just find lift by flying around and hoping you hit some <laughs> and going from there. And often a lot of these thermal sites also have trigger thermals that are always there. They're pretty much always there. They're always on, you know, this house fires a thermal. And so people will just beeline to where that thermal typically is hanging out and hopefully get up and then go on glide to the next thermal and get higher. That's so neat. Yeah. <laughs> you follow birds often too. You're like, yeah. Yeah, I, you're going somewhere, you know, what's best. I'm going to follow you. <laughs> what's uh, what, what gives you more compared to like ridge lift compared to a thermal? A thermal will give you more typically depending on the conditions of the day and also depending on what time of day you're flying and things like that. But if you're in like, a true Utah thermal, that thing could boost you up 
thousand feet in a couple minutes and you could be up at 15k before you know it or 14k um and ridge lift is just as high as the ridge goes so at north side we can get pretty decently high and be two or three thousand feet agl but uh definitely a thermal will get you they'll get you up there <laughs> how long was training for you i mean like uh, mm. about how long does it take before they're letting you go pre-flying and did you do them first i got unlucky <laughs> training was almost three months long which is a very long time um, a lot of people come out to Salt Lake for a certain amount of time and get their rating within that time. Um, most schools quote people at 10 to 14 days, um, which is pretty quick. But as long as you check all the boxes, you got your rating. Um, but if you're local to a flight to a flying site that you can hang out at more regularly, it'll take you a little longer purely because you're not going to go out and try and get the day that's not as good as like perfect day. So I had an abnormally long training though, because I started at the worst time and then all of a sudden it snowed. Like that was the year that our mountains got like 90 inches in three days. And wow, I, I am the exception to the norm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh have you had any moments of i don't know just general fear or situations or anxiety or just anything you want to speak of oh yeah uh i got in an accident while i was in hawaii and that caused me to kind of step back and go back to basics um and still have i was getting after it quite a bit throughout the entire winter and kind of slowed down after that happened because while I didn't sustain any physical injuries, I had a very large fear injury. So that is something that may forever battle with. So definitely all the time. <laughs> That's really interesting that you said it like that, a fear injury. Yeah. I, I've never heard it put like that. Uh, yeah. Would you care to share what happened? Yeah, I uh, so we were in Hawaii for a pretty short on Oahu for a pretty short amount of time um, and went up on a day and I weigh 150 pounds. I'm pretty light compared to most of the pilots that are out there and being lighter and lighter on my wing. If the wind is stronger, I'm going to get picked up way more than as you probably know. Um, and so a couple people were out flying. They're people bigger than I was and was kind of like, OK, like it's probably okay. And pulled my wing up and got plucked and went right through the bushes and hit the ground. So, yep, it was too strong for what little old me could handle. But that was a scary moment for sure. <laughs> How long before you got back up? Uh, like to fly or I tried to pull my wing up one more time when I was in Hawaii and took a very short flight after I got plucked again. <laughs> and so it was only a couple days. And then I told myself I took a week, I would take a week off. I took a week off and then I started feeling ready to like get under a wing after about 10, 14 days after, um, and started flying very lightly after that and just started getting a little more comfortable and a little more comfortable. And I'm still not flying to the same capacity that I was before that happened, but uh, it took about two weeks to feel okay about it. 
So when you see or hear of somebody in your community that has had an accident or a mishap, mm -hmm. do you, does that kind of set you back also? Yeah, the community, there's so many pilots in Salt Lake that a lot of the accidents, you don't know who they are most of the time. Um, but being at the point of the mountain and having an accident happen, I typically don't go out and fly after that happens. Other people will, but being around that setting and that just kind of like somber environment, it just completely shifts my mindset. And I think mindset is the most important thing to be checking before you go out and fly. Right. So whenever that happens at the point of the mountain, I definitely don't, don't fly after that happens. And Fortunately, none of my significant other actually got in a paralyzing accident when he was three days into his training. I didn't know him at the time, but um, other than that, I we've had I've had very few friends be in serious accidents um, in Salt Lake so far. So, did you meet him paragliding? Um, I met him right before I started, and was planning to start about five months after I met him. Um, and he was so stoked on it that I ended up starting two months after I met him. I was like, okay, I'm convinced. Let's, let's do it. Well, um, he was already flying. Yeah. He was already flying for, I think he had about a year and a half at that point under his belt. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. I kind of had to figure out accident mentality earlier this year because I took a three week trip down to the Southwest and within 18 hours, two people had serious accidents including one person that crashed outside my camper yeah but as tough as that was they were both pilots that were doing aggressive acrobatics yeah. by choice and that was the cause and then i had to realize that can affect what i'm doing yeah rather than weather or you know some yeah. extraneous stuff yeah, most most of the accidents in Salt Lake have to do with pilot air, um, but not all of them. Yeah. Um, how many wings do you have? Uh, I am sitting at two right now. Two. So we don't have a ton. Um, my partner on the other hand has like thirteen, <laughs> so we have a lot at our disposal. Thirteen. <laughs> Yeah. And his roommate also uh, flies as well. And they want, at one point counted up how many wings they had in the household and they have 16 in the household. right? Okay. Now. So at that point, that's more like having a wardrobe for colors and style rather than. Yeah. You can pick your poison. <laughs> like I, I got to match red today. That's why I'm wearing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. They buy with their shoes. Right, Steve? Uh, I paint my toenails. That's why I go off. Of. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I saw your pink toenail polish. How, um, <laughs> let's change the subject again. Come back. <laughs> How many wings have you flown? Uh, Samantha says he's got more <laughs> wings than I have, too. <laughs> It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> if I include all the wings I've kited that I haven't flown, I'm in double digits. I don't know exactly. So right. probably around 10 or 12. But wings I've actually flown is a very small amount. It takes a lot for me to trust a wing. <laughs> yeah. So I've probably only flown five or six different wings. Mm -hmm. 
So Bonnie's got a question. After your accident, did you go back to kiting practice? That will help you get over your fear. Yes. Went back to Southside mornings. And uh, unfortunately, at the time, it became monsoonal in Salt Lake. So Southside mornings didn't exist a whole lot. But I uh, also found that going tandem with uh, my partner helped a ton as well. Um, and then did a hike and fly that I was comfortable on and have done a bazillion times that I adore. So I've done, went back into that as well, but definitely went back to, to the South side on the point of the mountain and just spent my, spent my time there. Hmm. Yeah. What wing or harness are you flying now? Uh, Samantha would like to know. I fly my Skywalk tonic most. Um, and I'm typically in the swing brave. I think it's the swing brave four. Okay. I noticed you had some tattoos. Anything uh, for uh, flying? No, no. <laughs> I thought about. It. I have a hummingbird, but wait, oh, wait. <laughs> hang on. We gotta check you out. Oh, yep. Here oh, it I is. I love that. Oh, sunflowers. It's all the things in life that have mesmerized me. So very cool. Yeah, but no, no, no paraglider in it yet. But there's room to always add on. So. Yeah, I didn't. I was all nature. I didn't add any any man-made things or humans. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna share. So we got some pictures that were in with the intro. Um, I got one question to ask. Nice jacket. Who uh -oh. shot the couch? <laughs> you catch bugs. <laughs> Because every one of your happy moments. Uh, <laughs> I did notice that as I sent them over to you, but I was like, but these are the more fun ones. Yep. <laughs> That's a cool That's picture beautiful. right there. Bonnie took that photo. Really? Thank mm -hmm. you, Bonnie. I can't That's believe cool. people own more wings than I have underwear. It's crazy. It's more wings than he has underwear as well. So. <laughs> So where is this at? Uh, that's in Salt Lake during, I think that was taken in January, maybe February, but off a local hike and fly called Mount Wire. Wow. Yeah. That's what they called me in high school. <laughs> hike and fly dork. <laughs> <laughs> so where is this? Uh, that is in Little Cottonwood Canyon, which is the, all those buildings uh, down below is Snowbird the Ski Resort. So oh. that is uh, oh, where we do all our skiing. Ski resort right here? Yeah. Uh-huh. So we ski all up uh, that area and the back area as well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So fun. Mm -hmm. So I see the camera on your helmet. Do you have... Uh certain ones that you're you're using more often now? Yeah, I primarily use the GoPro Max. Um, that's my favorite. You can see me taking a selfie in that one. <laughs> uh, that was a sledder in Columbia, but I primarily use the GoPro Max and then that's a Hero 9. Um, if the Max is dead or someone else wants to use it, I'll use that one, but the Max is my favorite. 
Yeah. You have problems with your GoPros. It's like I can have one on my back axle. I can have one on my helmet. I can have one on the front and none of them work. (laughs) (laughs) The new ones have improved, but my old one, the battery life on that thing was horrible. But the new ones, as long as you keep them warm in the winter, they'll they'll last up the hike. What do you do when you're snowboarding or flying in the winter? Yeah, that's that's the time you cross your fingers and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the coldest you've flown in? Um probably somewhere in the twenties. It actually doesn't get like super cold in Utah. It just gets very dry. Um, so probably somewhere in the twenties. But it's pretty odd for us to hit under twenty, at least in the valley, under twenty throughout the winter. There's a pretty good storm coming through for under 20 in the valley. And then you have the fly. How often? Um, If I'm getting after it, we'll be going every morning and every evening. Um, Wow. Yeah. Uh, And it also depends on the weather. So there in July were some pretty big long stints where there was no flying to happen in a whole week. So So on a busy season, you're out there twice a day. (laughs) Yeah. I... uh, in January and February, I was getting pretty proud of my hiking speed because, you know, there's a lot of speed flying boys in Salt Lake and they hike insanely fast. It is absurd how fast they can make it up 3000 feet of elevation. It's just <laughs> insane. <laughs> so I was starting to be able to catch up with them. I was feeling pretty good hiking twice a day, but that'll build some muscle when you quick. <laughs> Any smokers? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Probably after they get up the hill and then they're gliding and then they'll light one. <laughs> yeah. I've yet to see that, but I'm sure it's happened. Wow. <laughs> so I want to say thanks for joining to Josh Perry. Josh has joined us tonight and uh, J.R. Paramotor. I've slept Thank with that man. What? <laughs> Who? Josh. Josh Perry, platonically. <laughs> You're still uncomfortable with it. Well, let's not get him scared of, of coming back on the show, Steve. Come on. I like him. <laughs> Steve, just ignore him. <laughs> now, when you fly, uh, they have those, like, the bags for your feet. I mean, like, why, why do you have that? Is it just to be more comfortable? Yeah, so we call them pod harnesses. They're like a hard, they're like a hammock as a harness. And so it's um, actually a full, it like goes over your full leg. Um, and the purpose is to keep you warmer on those longer fights when you're at higher altitudes. Um, so you stay warm, but there's also some aerodynamic um, thought behind it. And that gets a little past my knowledge and level of physics that I understand. But having that extra aerodynamic helps people glide longer and faster so last night we were just talking about making a so people gift me a lot of mermaid stuff just to be weird and so i own a lot of mermaid things and somebody wants to make me like a a pod harness that's a mermaid fishtail but they're demanding i launch in it and i'm gonna have to do like a potato sack launch and like super high wind in order to hop and even get myself up you but I'm gotta, down for the challenge. Yeah, cut a little bit of area for your feet to go out and then yeah. slide them on in. 
They really ought to have mermaid fishtail pot harnesses. I'm just saying. Yeah. Hashtag could, Mermaid we, Monday. Yeah, we could uh, <laughs> spray paint one. We spray paint helmets in Salt Lake for fun. So. <laughs> they, they have those. Um, they have those ones for kids. So maybe you could find one that'll be for big kids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's does anybody. Fun. Does anybody do any fun stuff with their helmets? Um, I know I tried talking. I really would like to try to do a dip paint with my helmet. Deweese, you did that with your new hoop, right? Yep. And you made your lavender net now darker Deweese dark, purple. Dark purple. Yep. Sweet. I can't wait to see it. Get me some videos, girl. Start flying so I can put some in the intro. Right. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm here. <laughs> I know. Well, you'll be down in Virginia next, right? Yeah, Virginia, and then we're going to Mountain City. Uh, so we'll be up where Moonshiners is held. We'll yeah. stay there for a little while. So say hi to Dave for oh, absolutely. Yeah. Eric and I. Yeah, and then, then um, we'll be going out to, uh, to Hodges and get a little bit better weather there anyway. So. And then this winter, she's going to be down in Florida, and she'll be hanging out with Wendy a little bit, too. So yeah, pretty. Lake Wales. Yep. Um, and I see Justin said goodnight. So. Yeah. And JR, he said, hopefully I will finally fly again this weekend. Well, fingers crossed, dude. So hopefully you get the time to take off and get some good weather for that. Um, Samantha, what is she saying here? There's a hang gliding pilot by me and Charlie that flies as a mermaid. There you go, Steve. You got competition. There you go. Yeah, but my next task is I have to fly in the nude because Judson Graham challenged me to do it. There is a day. You'll have to find out when, but there's a nude flying day. Oh, my God. You have to do it, Steve, because I'll find out when it is. There's a day. Yep. I'm going to have to bust out that ankle sock. I'm going to tell you what. People in uh, Washington on their hundredth flight, they always fly in the nude. That's their like rite of passage. Yes, <laughs> that's like my type of people. Wow. <laughs> Josh Perry said he got grass in his net tonight. He was flying flying low. It was a blast. This one. Look at oh, look at this one. <laughs> John Wayne. Oh, John Wayne, I, I pounded my windsock pole with my helmet. <laughs> Is that with the, the helmet on, on your head already? <laughs> it's a euphemism. You'll get it when you're older. Steve ate grass. I thought you ate mud. Yeah. I lied. Okay, here's, what, here's a good question. Is Brie qualified enough to train someone? I do not have an instructor rating. I will probably never get one, but definitely. <laughs> um, uh, Jason, she's not training you. <laughs> you're at, so you're at a P3. How many ratings are there? Uh, you can go up to five. Five is the glory one, and very, very few people have it. You have to get signed off by another P5, and there are so few P5s that it's you got to get into the group and, and get your way there. So very rare to have a P5. Don't we have a video? What? Do we have a video? Of what? Of her. Of Brie. We showed a couple of them. Well, I had a Where she's like, woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> Did I miss it? 
Weren't you paying attention? <laughs> I guess not. Was I in a daydream? <laughs> Am I blonde? What? Um, let's see if I can find the longer one. I like. Yeah, it, it was funny when this I was is... training. Oh, oh, come on. What happened? So, um, do you think you ever fly tandem? No, probably not. I'm 5'2 and 150 pounds, and so I'm on the small side. And I've seen some female small pilots fly tandem, and it just doesn't look fun. It looks very uncomfortable. So I don't currently have aspirations to ever to ever do that. <laughs> Is this one of your first times doing wingovers or something that you're getting that fun high? Yeah, that was my first time doing solo wingovers. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like I know what I'm doing next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so last week, so last week I thought, yeah, I think I did a wingover. Well, not a micro, but maybe a little bit of a wing over. And I had the, the iPad playing and I was, I knew I was kind of lined up. I was no different than going, doing my normal. <laughs> 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 I'm like, what the heck? A little feels like a lot. <laughs> you never hear that from a lot of people. <laughs> when, when, I, when I was in training, my instructor was on my comms and he's just like, okay, start start a little bit of a wing over and i'm like okay he goes okay that's enough stabilize <laughs> it i was like why she scared the crap out of her, her instructors and my instructor's like pull it down <laughs> all right let's see samantha's got some good questions do you do much weather analysis for yourself? How do you decide when, what site you're going to fly, what site you're going to fly? Utah has amazing network of pilots. Do you do your own research or defer to chat activities? Um, I do pretty much all my own weather analysis. Um, I'm doing. Um, and so based on all the forecasting and predictions and also just knowledge of the area leads to forming what you think is going to happen. And you always go in with the mentality. It was like, if you're doing a hike and fly, I'm out for a nice hike. And if I walk down, I walk down. Um, but basically all of the forecasting via windy and wind alert is how we do our weather here. Um, so I do just about all of it on my own. Um, the thermal activity of the day and stuff like that, I have a very small understanding of that weather prediction. And so I can do baseline and then we'll refer to other people that uh, have more knowledge than I do about what they're seeing and see how close I can get before I ask anyone. Um, but there's a lot of chat activity in the groups here, which is always nice to just see what other people are seeing. People send photos of clouds all the time and you just can kind of tell what everyone else's analysis is of the weather. So, but 
do my own research and then see what everyone else is thinking. Uh, let's see. Copay J wanted to know, do you need anything higher than a P3? If so, why? Um, uh, for, if you want to fly tandem, you need a P4. Um, and if you want to be an instructor, you need a P4 as well. Um, so those are pretty much the differences between where I'm at and stepping up another level other than bragging rights. <laughs> and, um, there are also some launches, uh, particularly I can think of Santa Barbara and launches that require you to be a P4 that are USPRA regulated. And so uh, you need to be a P4 in order to fly there. And there's one or two in Salt Lake that you need to be a P4 as well. So for the regulated sites, sometimes you need to be a P4 to fly those sites. Okay. Shane Planet Shane says, I prefer burning gas over calories. Hike for me is when wind changes directions and I have to walk 50 yards. <laughs> Yeah, you should come visit Nebraska. Yeah. It's nothing but flat. <laughs> we'll get you a motor. Yeah. <laughs> it's really so not bad if you have wind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If Samantha's you don't have wind, then it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know that. Yeah. Yes. I'm still flossing out dirt out of my mouth from last night. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha's asking any interest in competition flying. Nope. I have been around competitions and when I was in Columbia, they were having their big Columbia competition and there are yet again even more pilots in the sky and then just flying the point of the mountain. And that is just horrifying to me. So <laughs> I have no if it was a small competition, maybe, but it's fun to go hang out at and learn from people, but actually participating, I would rather wait for all of them to get their thermal and fly away and then do my own flying. <laughs> Have you ever been in air that's just been a wee bit too much for you where it's just like, whoa, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you grow into it and get used to it or have there mm. has there just been some air where you're like, I can barely handle this? Yeah, there you definitely get a bump tolerance is what we call it. Once your tolerance for bumps goes up, you can handle a lot more. But uh, if you haven't been in bumps for a while and then the next thing you know, you're in bumps again, it's definitely a little nerve wracking. You freeze up a little bit. You're like, wait, OK, bumps are my friend. I want bumps because that's where the rising air is. But I would say being pushed back by heavier winds is more of a fear of mine and would I have tried to never put myself in that situation? And I have not yet. So <laughs> that is definitely more of a fear for me than a lot of bumps. <laughs> um, <clears throat> do, a, do you have to have a license for paragliding? Legally speaking, no. Uh, you can go by the gear and you can go out and fly if you want to. Um, in order to fly a regulated site, you do need a rating for that. But uh, most people that fly without a rating tend to get in accidents quicker than people that go through a school. So legally speaking, you don't need a rating, but definitely 
a good decision. <laughs> I suppose just like being rated for uh, paragliding or paramotoring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Travis and I think somebody else was asking, I know not for you, Bree, but everyone else who's going to EFD. Um, oh, I am. And they're asking me to park people. So if, if I'm going to help, I'm going to have to wear something low cut and sexy. <laughs> All right. Um, and then we've got this weekend going on right now. We've got Purdens going on in Ohio um, coming up this this weekend. So um, we're not going to be there this year, but we got a couple of friends that are there. want to say hi to them if they're able to watch now or whatever and keep flying safe everyone um free you made it an hour told you yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go another hour too yeah. <laughs> i might lose my voice <laughs> oh wait a minute i have to work finally tomorrow we have school oh, <laughs> oh. I know. I know. Then you can work on your intros in your study hall. <laughs> right. <laughs> Travis so wants to know what's the earliest that he can he can arrive on Monday to EFD since you're parking. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't listen to people. <laughs> So Copay wants to know if you ever flown in San Diego. Uh, I've been, but I've never flown. When I went, I was uh, only a couple months into flying. So I was a P2, and in order to fly Torrey Pines, you have to be P3, and they regulate that very heavily. So really? uh, mm -hmm. uh, they have a very big tandem operation there. They make a lot of money flying tandem at Torrey Pines, and the site is more for flying tandems than it is for solo pilots to particularly go out and enjoy. So they want to make sure all solo pilots are P3 um, around so many tandems. Is but, Millie down in that area and Bonnie? Wondering if I think they might be down in that area too. Millie Wallace. Yeah. Bonnie's in San Francisco, but oh. she goes down to San Diego pretty regularly. Okay. But, yeah, I got to go and see everyone flying and hung out and went to their little lunch food cart thing that they had there and camped there and everything, but I didn't actually fly since I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but that was after uh, a full almost three weeks along the West Coast doing a paragliding trip, so I got in a lot of flying. <laughs> do you have any future goals of like where you want to progress or where you want to fly or what you want to do or... I uh, I think I'm pretty focused on small wings as of now and would like to progress in downsizing more. And I don't particularly have an end goal because everyone always says, oh, I'm only ever going to fly a 13 meter. And the next thing you know, they're flying a six. <laughs> so I don't have any limitations on it or know what I would particularly be doing. But um, the goal is to just keep progressing in smaller, smaller wings and go from there. Um, Samantha, I was just messaging her saying, uh, thanks for joining, uh, tonight and hope to see her back. Uh, she says she hopes to see you launch one day. 
also. Nice. She was lucky to get her little gremlins to bed and she could jump on tonight. So, all right. Um, Bree, if you're interested, if you want to stick around for a little bit, we will post the um, link just posted just now from me. If you want to say hi to Bree, um, ask her any quick questions before we call it a night. You guys are more than welcome. Does anybody else have any quick questions on the show? Well, if she doesn't give you an after show, I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for coming on tonight. Um, I know a lot of you guys were out probably flying, and I know some of you that are on the panel, probably all of you, I stole from flying tonight, including myself and um, Kat. So I apologize for that, but hey, this is fun too once in a while. It's all about balance. Yeah. <laughs> so Bree, um, where can we find you on social media, if, if at all? Uh, I'm primarily on Instagram at Clark Bree, Clark like Lewis and Clark, Bree like B-R-I, like the cheese, <laughs> without the E. <laughs> um, yeah, and on Facebook, my name, that's, that's the main, main locations these days. Okay. Um, Steve, where, where are you found on social media? Only fans. And that's the only place I found. Only <laughs> okay. butt fans. Only butt fans, okay. All right. Deweese? Uh, YouTube and Facebook under my name, Deweese Milstead. And Instagram, same thing. And uh, WheezyRN on TikTok. All right. You can find me under Jade Lear on Facebook if you want to reach out to us if you're interested in sharing your story on the show, Just Want to Fly guy or gal that would be great um, we want to hear your story of how you got into the sky or fell out of the sky um, just make it as comfortable as possible we're we're open uh, to anything you can also get me on Instagram flying flamingo and I think TikTok once in a while on flying flamingo 12 so I guess in the meantime while everybody's out flying at the fly-ins yet before it gets too cold for anybody um, Keep flying safe. And next week we have a gentleman that's going to stay awake. He is in the UK. Pete Hobbs is coming on and he's said he's going to do a live with us from the UK. Cool. So check him out on YouTube beforehand. Um, he's doing some paramotor flying also. And Bree, we hope that you will join us whenever you're not flying in the show and invite some of your friends over and give me some of their names um, if they're interested in being on the show and sharing their story, okay? We got a few names. <laughs> All right. Well, stick around and um, maybe... Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Oh, yeah, go ahead. If we don't see you on the air, we'll see you in the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So stick around for a few minutes, and if anybody wants to jump on, check the invite. Uh, and otherwise, have a good night and fly safe, and see you next week. Night. Toodles.